I'm Jeremy McGrew. I'm Camelot Baking Champion Chris Mosier. And this, what's the prize? What do you win at the end of the prize at the at the competition? It's, a, it's just a placard. It's, it's just a placard because I mean, like in the Bake Off, <laughs> like you don't all you get is a cake stand. So like you don't yeah, get it's a, it's a cake it's, stand. It's a cake stand with the little pin dragon symbol on it. That's it. You guys got to listen. You don't to, get to keep it. And you don't get to, to turn it over to the next because winner. Every <laughs> single year, Uther goes. Mm, I fancy that. Okay, what about what about bring it here? Now you got to get into Taskmaster because now I want to assemble the dream Taskmaster team from the, from Arthur because I think that would be brilliant. Yeah. But, but you got to. This is a continuation of a conversation that we just had at the end of the outtake. So if you're yeah, confused, let's, uh, just wait an hour. Yeah, just just <laughs> wait to hear all these jokes. Anyway, uh, this is still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we are plowing our way through season four at the speed of podcast. At the speed of plows. At the speed of whatever speed plows go on to go to. Um, hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Jeremy. I'm well. How are you? Uh, I have been. My brain is is completely empty because I've been working all day on a on a yeah. huge project. So I've got the. I'm I'm completely fucking just spaced <laughs> out right now. I've got five work texts that I see on my phone right now that I should be answering. Instead, I'm just talking Not about good. Merlin for you. So uh, I'm a little loopy, my man. To be honest with you. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's what the podcast needs: a little bit of loopiness to uh, you know keep the people on their toes. Uh, the the two things that make podcasts go are Loopy Host and Patreon. Uh, so if you want to go join our Patreon over patreon.com slash monster of the week, you can do so. Uh, we'll take that money and put it to good use uh, by buying better equipment. Probably we've done that. Uh, we've done that. We have done that. Honestly, most of the money just goes on to make it goes to making theme songs for the podcast. That's yeah, what it's I, usually <laughs> just like yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's art and the and theme songs. That's is what we use that money for. Uh, but thank you to everybody that's been doing that. We've had uh, a bunch of new people lately. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast early, like you get to now, then you should uh, um, you should pat yourself on the back. Give them a hand, Chris. Why don't we could give them some applause? Can you clap for the people at home? Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Did he? Did you just leave? No, I clapped. I clapped. I didn't, you didn't, I didn't hear a single I'll clap thing. Loud. <laughs> there's, no, there's no. Are you clapping with one hand? What is this? What? No. Oh my god! This is a fucking train wreck. What has been happening in Merlin? Why can't you hear my clapping? They're on my waveform. Okay. Last time on Merlin, after being wounded in battle, Merlin was captured by Morgana and forced to do dirty work. After several failed attempts to murder Arthur, Merlin at last takes on the form of Dragoon and confronts Morgana in a battle of magic. The young warlock manages to defeat the powerful witch. However, back in Camelot, Agravain is sowing seeds of doubt, naming none other than Gaius as the council's traitor. Ooh. Do you think it's going to work, Chris? Do you think what's gonna work? <laughs> Naming Gaius as his traitor. You just you just said no, it out loud. I don't. I don't. <laughs> what's the matter with you today? I think it's gonna backfire. <laughs> Aww. Um we're covering season four, episode seven, The Secret Sharer. It's not a great name for an episode. <laughs> sharer. Person who shares. Secret sharer. I don't like... I have. I had a speech impediment as a kid, and uh, double R's like that are, are still trouble me to this day. I, yeah, I have a, you get hooked up on them. I get, I get, I get snagged on them R's, and uh, yeah, that's not a good one for me. Morgana joins forces with the enigmatic wizard Alator to uncover a secret that should, could change the course of destiny. With allies on both sides of the castle walls, can anyone stop her before Merlin's greatest secret is revealed? This aired on November 12th, 2011. This was directed by Justin Molotinikov and written mm-hmm. by Julian Jones. I'm sure I nailed that one. 
and we're going to start off almost directly from the end of the last episode. A little bit of trivia for you, Chris. This was not the original opening of this episode. Uh, they, they wrote and filmed a scene where an unconscious Morgana drifts onto the other side and uh, and meets up with a dead Borgos and like talks, talks to her a little bit. The Wikipedia has... Um, a link to the image and it's like there's like a bunch of people like reaching out for more ghosts it's really crazy and, and weird wow i wonder why they cut it um this yeah because we just start off with it's like aggravating he carried her back from from her battle after um she took a lot of fall damage in her battle with merlin yes, a lot of fall damage he tossed, he tossed her up into the air <laughs> that's why you got to wear the cat ring yeah yeah um but yeah she's having well she's had what having like nightmare flashbacks of her battle with with Merlin, uh, with Emerus, and when she wakes up, she she tells Agravain what went down that she battled him, and that this you know crazy old man he knows all of their plans, all of their secrets. He knows that Agravain's the traitor. He knows that she's trying to kill Arthur. All that stuff. Um, Agravain is like, what was it, Gaius? <laughs> You can't just name Gaius for everything. I love this. But, I love this so much because he just jumps to it, and they're both like, "It's fucking Gaius, absolutely." You're, you're right. If he doesn't absolutely know, absolutely right. If it's not him, it's somebody he knows, and we gotta we gotta get his ass. We gotta get him over here. It's fucking um, hilarious. But yeah, he's the only one who who could know anything. They surmise. Um, so they're like, "Okay, great. We'll use him to to lead us to to Emerus, which is just really paper thin because." All the evidence that they have to go on here is that Agravain asked Gaius about Emerus, and he said, "Uh, no, I don't know him." <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Which, sure, it's a little suspicious, but that's just a lot. That's a lot to go on. I know he used to like be a sorcerer or whatever. Anyway, um, Merlin does what he does best, and he wakes up Arthur by shoving stuff into his mouth. Um, he's got to take a bath. He's got to eat, and he's got a very busy schedule today. God, Arthur is such a lazy king. He doesn't want to do this stuff. He's king. Why should he have to do anything? He should just be able to go hunt and drink and hoard like Game of Thrones. We don't do that kind of stuff on Merlin. No, in Merlin you have responsibilities. Yeah, so Merlin has to pull his naked ass out of the bed. This is just very. It's got to be in this guy's contract that he has to be half naked in every episode. I mean, if if I was rocking those abs, I would also want to show them off from time to time. I'm I'm not even going Um, to lie but uh yeah arthur he's just like he doesn't want to do any of this he's just all stressed out merlin has like one nice moment here where he reassures arthur that he's like hey you're a good king you're doing a good job all right the people like you all right just just be cool um but then aggravain comes in and he wants to talk to arthur alone this is merlin's favorite part is bath time so but he's he's a little disappointed disappointed what about Um, my squabby wubbies (laughs) this is what this is squabby time aggravate come on squabby time he mutters under his breath squabby time he gathers up his rubber ducky and leaves the room uh just too angry on his way out just like (laughs) (laughs) an angry squeak of the rubber ducky um we see we see a brief shot of morgana riding through the forest towards it, like a citadel of sorts, kind of out on the water. It's you know just another Merlin location that's probably very nearby, but we haven't been to it yet. Um, I love that they just have a, what she's up to an Isle City, like only accessible by one bridge, and then you go yeah. and then you get in there, and it's like a it's like a trading port, uh, which is very funny to me. I just I just love it, it so just much. Seems very inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Agravain, we go back to Agravain, who is listing off everybody that it could be, uh, the trader could be, could it be any of the knights? Absolutely not. Could it be Gaius? Nope, absolutely not. Uh, but what about him knowing 
the sorcerer that killed Uther? And what about him used to dabbling in magic? Should we at least ask him questions? Uh, and reluctantly, after a lengthy time, uh, Arthur Arthur agrees to this. Uh, Morgana, meanwhile, has made it to the marketplace, and she uh, enters this like dark room asking for the Katha. Uh, and she walks into this room, which is... Uh, guarded by a shirtless man who will stay shirtless this entire episode which is just always funny to me um, he's sneaking into camelot castle just shirtless absolutely shirtless absolutely. i just feel like he's drawing a lot more attention to himself. i don't i don't spend a lot of like my time shirtless so it's it's unusual for me to, to yeah. like so i think when i see people doing things shirtless i'm always like but but what about your what about your bits <laughs> like, what, about your bit? what about your bits you know everyone can see your nipples brother yeah <laughs> come on man um but when i saw this dude later riding a horse shirtless i was it just confused me and there's nothing wrong with it like i bet it's i bet it's free it's i bet it's amazing but i just yeah. it just it just it did my head in i guess um she is here to talk to this warrior slash priest uh, uh this guy alator and they they both know of one each of each other and I, I imagine that the modern equivalent of this is like if i met you in real life i was like ah chris from mm. monster of the week and chop yeah. chain <laughs> ah <laughs> indeed <laughs> And then you were like, and Jeremy, uh, you, the host, yeah. don't give up skeleton. <laughs> um, I've I've heard tell of you. Morgana asks Alator to kidnap somebody from Camelot, uh, and when he wonders like why on earth he would do that, she offers payment. And I was really surprised by this because this is a this is an item we've seen since season one. This is the yeah. special healing bracelet that her sister gave her. Uh, and as she as she hands it to him, he realizes like, oh, this thing is very powerful. Like, absolutely, yeah. I'll go, I'll go rob Camelot all day long for one of these. It's from the Isle of the Blessed, and just moments before, I called you the High Priestess of the Triple Goddess. <laughs> I, that sounds like just fantasy jargon, like just oh, nonsense. But I love it. I, I love, love it. Morgana Pendragon, High Priestess of the Triple Goddess, oh. absolutely not qualified. I think to become High Priestess, I think that she's probably one of the most powerful people in this universe. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I believe that she is. Um, I just don't think that she's got the the experience to be high priestess. She's that's a, just me. She's a nepotism priestess. Like let's. Yeah. I mean, oh, she's sh- nepotism babies strike again. <laughs> just like I mean, just like Time Magazine warned us, or whatever article that came from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we go back to Camelot, where some guards are uh, ushering Gaius into the uh, council room, and Gaius is a little offended by this. He's like, "You guys, I could just I just come here all the time. Like you could just yeah. invite me. Like it doesn't." Uh, and Agravane goes into this mode. Uh, where he's all silky and smooth, but you could just tell he's a shitbag underneath, and he starts questioning mm-hmm. Gaius. Gaius gives a lot of long, lingering looks over to Arthur, uh, who is not necessarily avoiding his gaze, but kind of like pretending the two aren't in the room. Uh, and eventually, yeah. Gaius just starts having to answer these questions directly. Agravain is asking stuff like, have you ever practiced sorcery? What do you think of sorcery? What do you think of our laws against sorcery? And Gaius, of course, is trying to hedge through all of this. And eventually... Uh, you know, makes him swear that, you know, that he has not met the sorcerer that killed Uther. And even yeah. at this point, even Arthur can tell that Gaius is lying. Like, he's definitely holding something back. He, uh, yeah, because it's obviously the easiest thing for him to do would be to deny, deny, deny everything, lie. Um, but he doesn't want to start putting more negative thoughts about sorcery into Arthur's head because obviously he's protecting Merlin. Now, again, easiest way to get off scot-free is to just lie about it, but he he's not willing to do that. He doesn't want to paint that picture. Uh, and because he's unwilling to do that, that's where I feel like Arthur is finally 
um, he started to get suspicious. Yes. Like he, he never wanted, I don't think he believed anything up until this point. He was just going through the motions, clearly felt very uncomfortable with all of this, didn't want it to be happening, but he's like, okay, Agravain, you can have your way and I'll sit in and I'll be uncomfortable that you're doing this to my pal. But now it's suddenly it's like, well, okay, that was kind of weird. And even now he's like, he he doesn't he's like you know i agree something weird is happening but we don't have proof and that's how aggravain leaves this it's like i bet if i keep digging i'll find something um meanwhile we see alator and his shirtless companion ride towards camelot and sneak in at night uh merlin is then summoned to aggravain's door and aggravain mm-hmm. uh shows him a a dagger with this like jewel encrusted hilt it looks like a, like a kind of a gaudy dagger for my style to be honest it's a with bit you gaudy. It's yeah, a yeah. Bit gaudy. I, it doesn't look functional in a in a real way and also not Arthur's style at all. Um, Not Arthur's style. And I was expecting this to be some magical trinket that's going to... No, no, no. No, no. It's just a distraction to get Merlin out of the way. Yeah, we're just trying to... Just trying to get, it's just busy work for Merlin. I don't know why he just thinks he's going to say clean out the stables. Like, that would be a lot... <laughs> you could just do that. Um, but instead, he pretends that he needs this blade sharpened and then asks him to deliver it to Arthur afterwards. Uh, which is, you know, a little weird. Uh, Alator makes his way to the stables where him and his shirtless companion dodge some, some guards and lets a horse out. Uh, I thought this was Arthur's horse at first because the horse has a beautifully crimped mane. I mean, this horse is like Fabio. <laughs> Literally crimped. <laughs> it's so amazing. I mean, somebody I've put in some work. Like, <laughs> I, like, that horse, like, when that horse starts galloping, I was like, oh, still my heart. I want to go. Let's go get That's the- how it's able to escape. It's all the guards are just stunned by <laughs> <laughs> Um After freeing this horse, they they meet up with Agravain, and Agravain lets him into the castle walls. Um, they, they very quickly make their way to the lab alator does some magic and puts guys to sleep uh shirtless man picks him up they carry him out and then i was like oh they got the horse for guy no guy the, the beautiful horse never shows up again in this episode uh they they sling gaius over the over the horse and they ride out um meanwhile merlin uh oh no i'm sorry we go back to the lab and uh Agravain is now there when he's hiding oh, yeah. he's hiding books of witchcraft and he's removing Gaius's clothes and he's you know looking around and just thinking to himself this place is a fucking pigsty how does anybody how do people live here you're telling me two <laughs> men live in here and they can't pick up after themselves don't they have servants says Agravain <laughs> don't they have servants not realizing anything um but yeah so uh the evidence has been planted. It's super obvious. Like it just says, like witchcraft book on the front of the witchcraft book. Um, <laughs> Merlin goes to Arthur's room. He leaves the knife. This is just this is nothing. This was just an errand. Um, but just then the bell sounds um, because this is what they do. I don't know who sounded the bell. Not sure. And then we cut back to the lab, and it's being ripped apart, and they're making it seem like Gaius fled in the night. And he stole that beautiful, gorgeous, fair maiden of a horse, and and he's got a witchcraft book in his lap. Yep, he's got the book of witchcraft. Uh, also, I just want to mention, like when Merlin's in there and the alarm bells start going off, that like Arthur looks at him, and Arthur is just his typical nude self in bed, and like looks at Merlin. It doesn't even seem to question why Merlin is in there. Merlin just <laughs> smiles at him. He's like, okay, whatever. Um, in there holding a knife, but. <laughs> So they kind of report all of this to Arthur, uh, Agravain does, uh, and uh, Merlin is off to the side just fucking fuming, knowing exactly what is happening. Agravain is laying this on thick. You know, he wouldn't condemn the use of magic. Now he's run off. He has to be the traitor. And Agravain says, we should send a search party to go after him. And Arthur is like, no, if he's if he's a traitor, then fuck him. Like, we, you know, fuck him and fuck yeah. off. Uh, yeah. 
when Agravain leaves, this is when Merlin gets like heated and he, you know, kind of forgets for a little bit that Arthur is his boss and is like, how could you possibly believe this? They're all lies. Aggravain is lying, uh, and he very emotionally gets sort of choked up when he's like, "He would not, mm-hmm. he would not leave without saying goodbye to me." And this is when he kind of like literally starts tearing up about this. Yeah, it's and it kind of comes out of nowhere. And and Arthur, he still won't hear it. He still won't. He's he's. I mean, I think he does hear it, but because Merlin is also pointing the finger at Aggravain a little bit, uh, it's just it's he's, it's not working. It's not working at all. But that moment of he wouldn't leave without saying goodbye because we have to remember that Merlin, of course, is in the dark here. He does not know what just happened. Um, yeah, it's painful stuff for this boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a chance that like because Merlin, as much as he has faith in Gaius, he knows Gaius is a lying, backstabbing kind of trickster (laughs) so he's like maybe i mean there's there's a 10 percent chance that he could have done something weird but i feel like he would have included me in it um we cut over to this cave that is underneath this like really beautiful land bridge like merlin just season four Mm -hmm. merlin just stays stunting on us with these landscape shots uh alator brings gaius to this cave lays him on this stone morgana shows up and is like it does her like kind of evil witch routine about you know dying is the easy part we're going to torture you this dude is a no ordinary torturer he does like a lot of dick stuff just just kind of focuses on dick and toes that's what he focuses on and guys is like did you just did you say dick and toes (laughs) that's a weird combination i don't know what just those two things he's like oh some finger stuff as well and guys is like whoa Get me <laughs> this sounds bad i don't know why Gaius talks like that anymore but that's that's what he does well he's, he's just whoa! Right now. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Yeah. um it tastes like a 90s video game mascot that didn't get popular yeah. whoa <laughs> can't you believe it kids <laughs> <laughs> Bagoga! What did you say? Bagoga! That's what. This is why they went with the Crash Bandicoot. Um, where are we at? All right. I don't um, know, man. We gotta. We gotta. What is with us on this podcast lately? I don't know. I don't know. Gwen uh, goes. It's, we're back at Camelot. Gwen goes to see Merlin. She's like, "I heard you were feeling. Who's Who's my little stinker? Are you doing okay?" Um, he gets all excited because he hears the door open and he thinks it's Gaius. And he's like, it's just my fucking friend's girlfriend. Great. <laughs> she used to be my friend too. And now she's just my friend's girlfriend. And I don't like this development. Um, uh, they're still friends. I'm just kidding. They're still friends, but he's still disappointed to see her. That part's not a joke. That's, that's not a joke. And, um, and she gives him the same kind of routine. Like he's like this, you know, I don't, I think that the is lying about this. And she's like, yeah, Arthur told me, but um, also like you realize that's the king's uncle, right? Like you can't really be saying that yeah. stuff. And I'm and I'm kind of like the king's like, if not official girlfriend, then like kind of his slam piece right now. So you need yeah. to you need to maybe back off. Not the, to be crude, not but... to be crude, but I am definitely his. And Merlin's primary. like, no, that was crude. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I give him rubber ducky washy time, okay? Yeah, yeah. I don't need you talking about being a slam piece. Thanks, Squubby time. Did you just say squubby? <laughs> Shut up. Yes, Gw- yes, Guinevere. <laughs> I did. We jump back over to the cave where Alator, uh, he's got a whole fire motif happening. So he, yeah. and I like this a lot. Not, he, not only does he summon a ring of fire, uh, which is just threatening, I think. Like, like, it doesn't look like it's like close enough to do any real damage or anything. But then his whole his whole magic thing seems to be focused around fire. Because he like starts whispering about, let the fires into your mind and illuminate the dark quarters and tell us your secrets and everything. I just, I feel like this dude found a theme and just ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, I respect him for it. Meanwhile, Gaius is on the slab just thinking, 
man, it's hot as fucking here. <laughs> man, that's the whole torture. Is it just gets the temperature rises. It's like a hundred and three. Yeah, like it's not gonna <laughs> it's, kill you, but it's but it's very warm and humid. <laughs> but it's really really yeah, yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> He's got sweat over his eyebrows, uh-huh, going into his eyes. Uh-huh. That's the worst. And for some uh, reason, the fire only not only, but seems to have be more intense in his dick and toes. <laughs> just yeah. just a little bit. It's hundred and five. Definitely increased heat. <laughs> yeah, it's hundred and five in the dick and toes. Hundred and three everywhere else. It's just a little bit more it's uncomfortable. Like, and it's not burning anything, but like it's getting sweatier in those areas. <laughs> Why is it? So fun to say dick and toes. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting That's using... our problem. We're the most two juvenile people who've ever recorded a podcast. I'm just, I just can't stop giggling and every I time think, I say you know, it. Our, our insights, our observations about supernatural, were, were just, just good enough that people were willing to put up with it. But now it's been six fucking years and we've just, we're just all dick and toes now. Yeah, yeah. Tw- it's dick and toes since 2017. That's us. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Oh my god. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of whispering and talking. Okay, so Gaius actually uses magic. Yes, yes, to, yeah, to cool down his dick and toes. He puts the fire out. <laughs> he puts the but fire then out. that makes the torturer here uh, only more aggro. Only increases efforts to yeah. get info out of Gaius. He, he uses his um uh, Faraga spell instead of his just yeah. normal fire he was doing spell. Fire before now yeah, it's Faraga. Now Faraga. And it's, yeah. Okay, great. I've stepped it up. Um, we jump back over to Camelot, where Merlin is uh, now searching through Agravain's rooms, looking for anything that he can find. Um, and underneath the bed is just a box full of sorcery magic uh, books, which is also very funny to me that he just keeps Bummer. these around. Um, and then he sees Agravain's boots, which are like covered with this specifically like red dust. Um, but somebody's starting to enter the room, so he has to hide behind the uh, wardrobe screen Mm -hmm. uh but he can see in the mirror that aggravate is coming to the room and he like sneaks his way out uh but aggravate also has to go behind the screen the most hilarious thing is like this this partition right that that somebody would go behind to to change if somebody else was in the room i just love that aggravate's like putting his pajamas on he's alone in his room takes his shirt off but he feels like he needs to go behind his little partition yeah yeah, definitely absolutely let's roll i don't know what that makes me laugh but yeah he straight up spots merlin sneaking out he does a little tippy tappy, uh, but he's not he's not quiet enough, so he gets he gets he gets seen. Um Marlin goes back to the lab where he finds uh his buddy Gwen waiting for him. Just being mm-hmm. a solid bro, just there to to check on Merlin. Uh and Merlin's like, you know, Gaius is innocent. I think that he's been abducted. You know, you don't need to be around here. And and Gwen's like, Well, if he's gonna be abducted, then you definitely don't need any help from somebody like me, huh? Like, I just just really sweet guy, the Gwen is. I like, I, him. I like him. This was, like, my favorite part of the episode. It's him showing up, and I think Gwen, Gwen especially, and Merlin felt like they were really on even footing with each other, and because he, you know, he was a rapscallion, he was always in trouble, and, and his station in the world was, was, I guess, just as low as Merlin's because of uh, his circumstances. And then he became a knight, and it's just like he's one of the boys. He's teasing Merlin about food, and it's like they're still friends, but I think there was a little bit less of that camaraderie. But Gwen showing up here just raised him in my eyes again. Not that I ever disliked him, but um, he's just being a solid bro. He's just here. He's just here for his buddy, and yep. and I don't even think it matters that he's a knight. He takes off his cloak, which is when he goes, and I feel like that's kind of a thing of like, yeah, I'm putting aside the knight thing for a minute, and I'm just coming as your friend. Yeah, yeah. It's like when the cop takes off his gun and badge before the cop beats his wife. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's not doing that in an official capacity. Precisely that. Precisely that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. 
this lost all the cop demographic from our, our audience. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Merlin shows Gwen the dust, and, and Gwen almost immediately recognizes it as iron ore, which he has only ever seen from uh, this this camera aisle. So they are they immediately roll out, jump on some horses, while uh, Agravain watches from the window. Uh, we go back over to Gaius, who is managing to resist uh, Alator's magic, but just barely. Uh, and he, Alator goes into some more flame poetry. It's all very thematic and very good. And then finally asks who Imaris is. Uh, meanwhile, Agravain rushes over to Morgana and catches her in the middle of like doing a house chore, which just feels very yeah. belitt- belittling for Morgana. <laughs> She's just putting wood in the fire, which is something that you have to do, but you just never see Darth Vader put wood in a fire. That's all I'm saying. Right. That's you know, that's Darth Vader figured it out. He's got people for that. Morgana still, she's still constantly calling for Gwen realizing she's not there anymore she's <laughs> very lonely it's very, she's very sad that's why I think she kind of like she turns it up when Agravain gets there and she starts acting like no don't you touch me or like you need to do this for me because she's just by herself so I think she feels pathetic and lonely really. yeah, yeah she's just so when someone else is around she's she's performing yeah she puts on the mask uh he tells her he tells her uh that he saw Merlin and Gwen leaving um um, Gwen and Merlin finally arrive at the at this land bridge cave, uh, and in the cave, Gaius he finally starts to break down. Emerus is in Camelot, he says, but his real name is. And there's a there's a moment, and you think he's going to say it, but nope, he doesn't. Uh, yeah. he, he says he's the most powerful sorcerer that ever lived. What is his name? His name is Merlin. He finally he finally breaks. Yeah. Um, yeah. We see Gwen and Merlin go into the cave as Gaius continues to tell Alator uh, just all of the information. Having broke, he's ready to spill everything. He's ready to spill everything. And and you could almost argue, like, the way he breaks, it's like he's gassing up Merlin first. Yeah. Like, he's like, he is the most powerful. He's There's this destiny tied to him. He's going to bring about all this stuff, which he says in a minute. But... It's he does finally break, but he does it in a way where he's still trying to like build Merlin up. He's like, fine, if you really want to know, I'll tell you. And he's more powerful than anybody. So here you go. Yes. Um, and he tells it like he lays everything out. Like he's he is the man from legend that's going to unite the old world and the new uh, and bring about the time of Albion. Um, and, you know, I've been kind of harsh on Gaius lately. I've realized that uh, mainly because of all of the child murdering that he stood by and let Uther do. But, sure. um, but this like genuinely gave me some tingles. Like some, for some reason, like this lore still really works on me as he's telling this. Uh, and um, Alator is like kind of into this as well. He's like, man, I thought I had a good thing going with this whole fire theme, but you've got like a whole fucking legend situation happening here. Excellent news. Fire is cool, but destiny. That's like, <laughs> Fire is like cool, but destiny, destiny is real fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and he, he he's swayed by this. Uh, but just then, as as I was, Merlin and Gwen are sneaking through this cave. They get attacked by the shirtless dude, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's his whole claim to fame is being shirtless. Um, and Merlin is able to take him out with magic because you know he's got that i don't think Gwen spots it Gwen doesn't know about merlin having magic right no uh yeah maybe it's not important <laughs> i know lancelot did but lancelot i don't know if did. Does. um but anyway they fight this guy and then they decide they have to split up to go look for gaius um but merlin also says like hey if you find gaius like don't wait for me just get the hell out of here um but unfortunately agravain and morgana are Sniffing their way around too. They they show up and see the horses, and Agravain tells Morgana, "Gwen is a hothead. You got to watch out for him." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's real funny. 
Um, they go into the cave and they uh, they split up. Uh, Aggravate is headed for Gaia so he can murder him, and Morgana is going to take out the hothead in Merlin, as she says. Um, Alator is also stalking around in the cave, so Merlin has to like hide in a little hidey hole from him. Uh, eventually, Aggravain finds Gaius before anybody else. Gaius is still out cold, uh, and Aggravain is about to kill him. He's about to pull a knife to his neck uh, when Gwen comes in. And you would think that this is like an obviously bad situation, and Aggravain has been found out. Uh, mm-hmm. But Aggravain insists that he was using the blade of the knife to see if uh, Gaius was still breathing. Uh, and of course he is. So he shows Gwen the knife. And it's like, oh no, look, there's you know some some condensation on it or whatever. Uh, I I love Gwen to death. Believing this story is the dumbest thing he's ever done. Yeah. Um, he gets yeah. he gets Gaius home, and I think that's the most important part. Like I don't think that he wanted to try to have a fight right now, but still, this is pretty dumb. <laughs> this is pretty dumb. I do appreciate that they try to give Agravain something mm-hmm. where he's not just like a sputtering villain. Like he he immediately tries to come up with an excuse to explain everything. Now we shouldn't be buying it, but I appreciate that they're actually going that extra mile where he's not just like. Oh no, he's yep, he's definitely dead. We have to just leave him here. Or, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it where you shouldn't believe it. But I guess I see why you did. And the last episode we saw you and I joked about his primary motivation for for doing all of this stuff was just to get a little bit of glimpse of ankle. Uh yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like as as we were recording that um, if not a little bit after, but before the episode came out, some people in the Discord were kind of theorizing about what Aggravain's motivation could be because like it seems on the surface if you know, Arthur is his legit nephew. Like, why are you, why would he support Morgana? Um, and I guess it's just because like he blames Uther and Arthur for the death of his sister. Um, and he just wants to take out Camelot. But, but yeah. now I think it's just to fuck, fuck up Gaius. I think Gaius did something to it, man. <laughs> like I think Gaius, I think he just doesn't like Gaius and that's the reason he's I, joining up. I know his, like his motivations can certainly be very surface level. And we can just take it as like, as what we think it is. But I do kind of want to know more about this dude. Like he's doing a lot mm-hmm. for, for very thin motivation because Arthur, yeah, he's still his fucking nephew and he doesn't know Morgana. He's just, maybe he's just into her. I don't know. He's just all about the ankle. It really is all it is. It was interesting, um, uh, again, going to the Discord, uh, patreon.com slash monster week, uh, hearing people talk about like the, the Arthurian legends and stuff and how like Agravain is sometimes uh, Arthur's brother or Uther's brother. Like he, he has a bunch of different roles, as most of these oh, people do. Um, and so I guess they just wanted to incorporate that figure and they just kind of fit him in as this as mm. this character. And I think it works. Like I'm not I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit at at the end of my patience with this. Like I just want him to be found out and killed at this point. Like it's been yeah, seven I episodes. I have to hope that that's the end of this season. Is yeah. We, we take care, we take care of him this season. And then not that I don't like this guy, but, um, no, I don't like him. I think personal. I think he personally sucks. So well, I mean like the actor, I was like, I got nothing against the actor. Oh, no, I don't like, I don't like the actor either. I don't know. I don't know his oh, name. Fuck him. Right, I, fuck yeah. Him. Just fuck that um, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nathaniel Parker. What the fuck have you ever done in this world? I guess it, it makes sense that like, you know, Uther has never, never had anybody, no shadows hanging over him because he, hated everybody killed everybody uh he wasn't that guy he had no friends so it does make sense though that for as soon as arthur becomes king it's not that just arthur's in command now and everything's better like there would be a now a shadow hanging over him somebody tried to take advantage of that and arthur's like he still has that desire to for a father figure i think he's not totally ready to let go we've seen some real maturity from him since he's become king but this is still you know he still longs for that figure and aggravain fits right into that anywho we need to get back to fucking wizard battles. I'm uh, 
I'm looking through Nathaniel Parker's Wikipedia page to see if there's any kind of controversy that I could I could I could catch him up on. Just some, some real reason to actually dislike him. Yeah, yeah. Like, did he ever do blackface or anything like that? Like, I'm just kind of looking through skimming to see if I can find anything. Um, doesn't seem, doesn't seem, seems like he's a nice guy, you know. <laughs> married with two girls. Um, this changes nothing. Uh, let's see. Blah, boring, boring, boring. He was in a film about Nazis. Does that does that count as bad behavior? That counts. I think that counts. Oh, he was in <laughs> he was in Stardust, which is one of my favorite movies. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. This guy seems fine. Everybody, I don't actually have a grudge. Um, Morgana. Mm-hmm. She was sneaking through that cave, and she catches Merlin, who was just wandering off, not finding Gaius. Uh, and she holds him at knife point. And she's like, dude, why do I keep fucking Why are you, you Why are you here? Why are you in my life at all? You're a servant. Why do yeah. I keep running into you? Um, but this is, and Merlin is like, I don't care. I just, I, I only care about what happens to, to Gaius. You can kill me. I don't know if he says that. I'm just assuming he says it. And then uh, Homeboy comes in. What's his name? I wrote it down like once in my notes. And now I don't remember what it is. Alator. Alator, Alator comes mm-hmm. in. And and for some reason, Morgana, Morgana introduces the two of them. He's like Morgana, she because he told he, he, Gaius told Alator that Emrys is Merlin, uh, and then like it's just really funny that Alator walks in this room five minutes later, and Morgana's like Alator, hey, this is Merlin, the guy I'm about yeah. to murder. <laughs> <laughs> they shake hands awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's a it's a huge turn here now he knows that this this kid is the very same as emerus um and he says he knows who emerus is and now he won't betray him which is a big old plot twist for morgana here because she gets blasted again <laughs> second episode in a row where she's just getting blasted <laughs> this poor girl is just getting flung into the air Her by body magic. just like you know how we, the the wizard fight from lord of the rings yes yes bodies just yes getting slapped uh-huh. around. Uh-huh. that's morgana <laughs> She's just everybody's pork punchy bag in this episode. It's yeah. really sad. Um, Alator then turns to Merlin and says, "You know, I know who you are, uh, and it, it's an but says he is. It's an honor to be in service of him." And he goes into a pretty flowery speech about like having been hunted and scorned for all of his powers, and that even though he doesn't share Merlin's great powers, uh, he and others like him share Merlin's vision, his hope to bring to to seek this world that. To, they, they're seeking this world that he would build, uh, mm. and even said, goes so far as say we would gladly live our lives to give our lives to see you do it. Uh, and Merlin's on the ground going like, "What? <laughs> who? Who uh, are you? <laughs> Don't know who you I are." Definitely, you're gonna have to backtrack because I definitely yeah, feel yeah. like I missed. I, I did. Uh, am I on episode three of like a, a four part miniseries here? I don't, don't quite know exactly. He is still grinning ear to ear though because he loves the attention. He does. He is having a good. Oh, I mean, also he's alive and he gets stabbed by Morgana, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, great new ally, a problem solved. Let's just leave Morgana. I think. Merlin, you've done dirtier stuff than this. Just take, just kill Morgana where she sleeps. I'm sorry. Let's just let's get let's over just end it. Yeah, let's just end it. I, I don't want I don't want that. But I think you know that that's the right thing to do. But anyway, they all get back to Camelot. Everything's happy. Agravane tries to be real smooth with it, being like, you know, fellas, we owe you an apology for calling you traitors when you actually just got kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is this is all good. I like I like this a lot. Uh, also, there's just a very brief scene of them riding back with Gaius, and Gaius is just I think that because it's not an actual person, it's just like a man shaped like pillow probably, mm-hmm. uh, and it, he's just like flapping on the horse. <laughs> it's just yeah. very funny. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, they we, they he says the thing about the apology. Morgana wakes up uh, in the cave and finds that Alator left the bracelet behind, so she got refunded mm-hmm. her money. Um, lying next to her, uh, Merlin is waiting beside Gaius when he wakes up. Um, he's immediately Gaius is immediately ashamed of himself for revealing Merlin's secrets, and uh, Merlin's like, "Yeah, I don't even care about that. That actually worked out a yeah, lot better. Actually, it kind of worked out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll I'll explain all of that later. But we have to really worry about Arthur." Um, and Gaius is like, hey, I mean, yeah, but we don't have any evidence to support any of these claims against Aggravain. And we've seen how close he is with his uncle. Like, he's he's not going to listen to this. Um, and that's when Arthur arrives. And um, it's a little tense at first as Arthur comes in and says, you know, he owes both of them an apology. And Merlin is like, no, not me, uh, just Gaius. And Arthur is like, okay, well... Uh, can you get the fuck out of this room then, Merlin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Merlin, I love this because it's it's classic Merlin. It's like, did, does that mean I get the morning off? And Arthur's like, yep, you have the morning off to complete all of the chores. I need to clean my room, yeah. shine my boots, does all this stuff. Uh, just very cute and fun, which is what Merlin is a lot of times. And then we get serious with it. And Arthur apologizes to Gaius, and he says that he made a mistake. And Gaius, again, we, we are critical of him, but what he says here is like, you know, I've raised you since you were in the crib. You you should know I, I, I love you far too much to ever betray you. And Arthur doesn't say anything to that. He just like takes a breath. And it's like, I think he knows that that's true. And he probably feels pretty guilty about what he did. He's still conflicted about a lot of things. But then he just asks, like, hey, who abducted you? And Gaius doesn't give up Agravain because he knows that obviously that's not going to go down well. Uh, but he says it is somebody with who is in league with Morgana and, and she and whoever that person is, they want to bring down Candelot. Um, but don't worry, they got nothing out of me except for, you know, <laughs> except for everything. Thing, but that's, you know, <laughs> neither here nor there. But you don't know that um, either. So I can't tell you that. <laughs> but all that said, Arthur kind of like laughs with relief. Like he's glad that this is like it's behind us. It's OK. It's not a big deal. Um he he sits next to Gaius and he holds his hand um, and he says, you know, that's all great, but there is still something that concerns me. And it's that you lied about the sorcerer that killed my father. Um, he, you you protect, pr- protected him. And Gaius does admit to that. Um, but he says, you know, if I gave up the sorcerer, if I gave up Dragoon the Great, um, you would have tried to kill him. And that would have been a mistake because, and this is like the most serious part of the entire conversation is he says that Uther was already dying and that sorcerer did everything in his power to try and save him and of course he's talking about Merlin here so he really is just pleading on the behalf of of Merlin for Arthur to forgive this this mistake um and then he goes on to to his little speech about you know contained within this great kingdom is a rich variety of people with a range of different beliefs and I am not the only one seeking to protect you there are many more who believe in the world you are trying to create and one day you will learn Arthur one day you will understand just how much they have done for you again talking about Merlin but it is really nice to see somebody saying this so directly well still not naming Merlin but saying it just straight to Arthur's face like there is there are other people looking out for you there's somebody watching your back, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and there is this this look in Arthur's eyes that you could interpret a million different ways. It's almost like this small flicker of understanding it's like where pieces are kind of clicking into place, but then he's just like, nah, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but I think I think the, the, the thing that I saw in his eyes, at least, was this understanding that 
perhaps being a king isn't the lonely job that he may have thought it was, right? Mm. Like that he has mm. he has friends even if he doesn't even if they're not revealing themselves and um and I think this is the first glimmer that, you know, these magic people, these people that have magic aren't that's more complex than what Uther allowed it to be. Uh, and yeah. and we've seen Arthur learn a lot of lessons. In a lot of ways, Merlin, the TV show, is about Arthur learning how to be a good person, right? Like from the very first episode where he was Definitely. acted like an ass up to this, where he is trying his best to be the king and to live up to what he what he thinks his father was. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's just, I think it's just another building block and getting him to that point of, of just realizing like, oh, like maybe these things aren't as black and white as I, as I was led to believe. And maybe I need to like do what Gwen says and listen to my heart uh, on some of this stuff. Um, and I think that's really good. Like that's a, it's a good lesson. It ends like this, which is unusual for Merlin because there's not like a funny goof haha right at the end. And I think that's kind of a powerful note to, to end the episode on. It's very good. I love this. Yeah. Um, it's a great little final scene. And I like when we get these like moments of, of, of drama of stage, you know, when there's mm-hmm. just like two people having a serious conversation with one another. And it's a great note to leave the episode off. Um, because it just makes me immediately want to watch the next one and find out where are we going, what's next for these characters, and not just in like a cliffhangery way, but like in a I'm very invested and I really care about what's going on in the story. Yeah, I I am too. I'll, hey, I don't know if you like this. I like this show. I like it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, what else? Anything? That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all new territory for me, so I'm I'm consistently looking forward to seeing what's next. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash monster of the week. You can leave ratings and reviews on the podcast. You can tell your friends. But the most important thing you can do is just listen to the show. We, we very, very much appreciate it. Uh, we uh, will continue to keep doing this. We had a bunch of people write in suggestions for stuff we should cover after this. We're not mm-hmm. ready to make any announcements there. Uh, we will soon, probably. Well, no, probably. actually, probably not because we're in season. We have a whole other season to go. Yeah, so. have a whole other season. It's like. Yeah, yeah. 20 weeks something like that <laughs> no i think it's like 15 15 yeah 15. yeah so we're, we're, we'll, we'll we'll announce when we're ready um but we'll, we'll see you next week with more still his kingdom keeps and remember until then keep those dick and toes protected everybody that's right dry them off keep them keep them dry keep them dry Howdy. It's fucking Christopher Mosher, y'all. Look at this. Ovid, Look that's at... what Ovid's saying, dude. Uh, people were talking about True Blood 
recently uh-huh. in the Discord uh-huh. server. I and, saw. I saw. And I just, I just, the idea of number one, you and I doing a, a true blood podcast, I think is very funny. Um, and that's people listening to this, not a commitment. <laughs> definitely not i think it would actually fit for our our particular brand of humor and everything i think we would do a good job but um we're not we're not ready to commit to true blood but just the idea of me just going chris moshe just like the suki yeah 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 yeah. i've seen one episode of true blood i think Mm -hmm. Mm um i used to have people come hang out at my house when i was in high school and everybody would sit in the living room. Sometimes my dad would come in the room to use the computer while all of us teens were hanging out. And somebody put on the first episode of True Blood, and I feel like there's a sex scene in it. Because I remember my dad being in the room and, and me being like, can we not fucking Can we not? <laughs> I don't want to be looking room, at please. the same titties my dad are looking at. I just don't. But that's not fun for me. And I know, of course I know Suki. Uh, I've seen all that. episodes of True Blood except for the last season. It got, it got pretty stupid in the last season, and I just gave up. So, I, Yeah, well... I um I lost you for a minute there, so it it played the audio of you saying looking at the same titties as my dad and something about the last season at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. You don't want to look at the same titties your dad are looking at while you're while yeah. at the same time. Like you don't want to be yeah. doing that. Like you don't want to go to a strip club with your dad, and I find that very unusual. Um, <laughs> we just and I watched an episode of Game of Thrones with him once. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> During, during, I don't even remember what it was, but there was a sex scene, and my dad was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a snack," and then just like awkwardly left the room, <laughs> which was, you know, better than us all just, you know, heavy breathing in silence in there. But Jess is like, "I'm never doing this again. Never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> it's so bad. That gave me the giggles. Something else gave me the giggles really badly. And I can't remember now. That's great podcasting. Jeremy, what'd you think of that Nintendo Direct? Uh before we move off of True Blood though, I wanna before oh, yeah. you before we get to Nintendo Direct, I just and this is completely unrelated to other True Blood conversations that were happening. Uh I kicked Autumn out of the office so I could do this podcast and she stopped at the door and as I was putting my headphones on and she turned back and she looked at me out of nowhere and said, When do you think Vampire Bill used headphones for the first time? Like what year? And I was like, I have no idea. Like he was, I mean, he, he, he fought in like the war and the civil war and then he died. So like, you think like 1950, like, when do you think like, like if you're a vampire and you were, you were turned to a vampire before, mm. let's say before the 1800s, when the, when's the what's, first, okay. First of all, what side of the civil war was he on? Was he, on? he was fighting for the South. So the good, I mean the so, good side, the slavery side. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he's a little bit more conservative minded, maybe a little bit more resistant to change. So mm. he'd not be, not, not be taking interest in the latest technologies as they come about. It's only maybe 10, 20 years down the road when he starts to think, Let's see what this headphone business is all about. Well, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see what's going on with headphones. I just, I, just imagining. Like, when do you think? Like, when did headphones come out? Like, does it have to be like telegraph days or something? Do you think? Certainly, because then you, you, when I picture like a like a helicopter pilot, they've always got the headphones on because they had to have radio communication in the war, the Great uh-huh, One, of uh-huh. course, is what I mean. Um, so at least since like I'm gonna wager the 20s, that's my guess. Should we Google it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, think, I think that would just make it. I think that would make it worse. A worse joke. When were okay? When were uh, hedgehogs domesticated? Is what came up from so far. Uh, okay, I'm ru- I'm gonna ruin it. 1910 by the Navy. 
Okay, that makes sense. So that's you know that's airplanes and such. That's pretty good, and they became popular in the '60s and '70s. That's mm-hmm. when they that's when they went global. That's and when the AirPod uh, wave of the uh, 21st century changed the game. That's when music started getting good. I think it was like the 1960s. No music was yeah. good before the <laughs> 1960s. Like, Hold on, we need a way to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. This is as often as possible. <laughs> Have you guys heard Jimi Hendrix? I need to get like I just don't want to hold my head to the speaker. Is there a way yeah. that you could move the speaker to my head? Like that's those guys were doing s- stuff back then that was so sick that we had to invent new technology for it. Exactly. Just like the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Direct. Just like the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Yes. We're putting. All sorts of games on this sucker now, huh? What are they doing with that video game console? <laughs> I uh, I turned that. We were sitting in the living room, and Autumn and I was like, and Autumn was just like taking a breather from work because it was at like four o'clock in the afternoon or something, and I was kind of done with work for the day. Um, uh, and I, so she's taking a little break, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a Nintendo Direct on. I'm like seven minutes late, so I'm gonna watch that. And she goes, well, I'm just gonna go take a bath in. <laughs> she was like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> so I flip it on, and like the game that it turns onto is some like dress up anime girl game, and I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, and then it t- plays like a bunch of videos and then she comes back in during the, I want to say the Etrian Odyssey segment, which, mm-hmm. uh, Autumn doesn't like necessarily make fun of my hobbies, but she does, she does think that video games, most video games are dumb, right? Yeah. Like yeah, 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 she respects yeah. a Dark Souls. She respects like some, some of the games that I play, but some stuff she'll look at and. But not an Etrian Odyssey. An Etrian Odyssey. She's just not going to look at it and give it in time of day. She's just not yeah. that girl. Uh, and, and I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. She hates Valentine's Day. So, hey, she's great. Hey, what's uh, up for you? <laughs> but, uh. Uh, there, there was a lot of video games at that thing, like a whole lot of video games uh-huh. at that thing, and maybe like five that I wanted to play. Like it was a, and I don't even know if I'll play those five. Like five that I was remotely yeah. interested in. Yeah, I had the weird thing yesterday because I had to work late, so I just, but I was working from home, so I'm like, let me just throw the TV on. And I don't know if it's because it was like, wasn't my full attention, and I was still doing something in the background, but. I was like, I was just enamored. I was just so delighted by everything that they showed. And I've been so cynical lately about every trailer. And maybe it's because every like AAA big boy shooty uh, graphics game is just kind of like the same thing now over and over again. Or at least all trailers kind of seem the same for those kinds of games. For whatever reason, I was just like mystified by everything that Nintendo was showing. Again, probably won't play like 50% of what I've even been interested in. Um, but I've been getting a little. Um, anxious is the wrong word but anxious about how they're shutting down like the 3ds eShop and all that stuff now yeah, do yeah. i need to play any of those games no, no. do i want to have the option to yes. yeah I do wanna, <laughs> I, you know i want to be able to choose that for me if i want to um so it's been making me kind of like you know long for for the ability to play those older games even again even though i don't necessarily want to i don't remember but, if it um, was uh last week or the week before but they there was some like tweet or something leaked and was like oh the xbox 360 or the this list of xbox 360 games are being delisted from all the stores yeah um and and i think i think like along with that leak was like they're going to shut down this store your ability to buy these in like may so if you want any of these digitally like go get them now um and i was looking at that list and it was like jet set radio i think was on there and i was like oh i should do that i should i should get it yeah uh I could have played that game on like five different consoles for over like right. 15 suddenly years. You're, suddenly you're just like, I have but to do it. But now I have to up, have it. I, I ended up buying the uh, Fatal Frame 5 before it got remastered last year. I bought that on Wii U because they were like, hey, 
the eShop is shutting down on Wii U, so now's your last chance. I'm like, well, I guess I'll fuck this. Is the only way I'll ever be able to play this game in this series, so better just do it while I can. Spent fifty whole dollars on it, <laughs> and I I did play the whole thing and beat it, but I was still like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm just doing it because if I don't do it now, I never will. Of course, I didn't know that two years later they do a fucking remaster of it. But, of course, yeah. Um, of course. Still. Of but course. that's the thing. I was all excited about them putting on, uh, putting Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games onto Switch because I loved that stuff as a kid, and it was easier, always easier to get a Game Boy game than it was to get like a like a PS2 game or something because they're more just expensive usually. Mm-hmm. And that caught me all. Yeah, I was all excited about that. I was hoping that they put GameCube games on there, but now I'm realizing, and I was tweeting about this earlier to no one, but I was tweeting about it <laughs> about how. Um, instead of putting GameCube games onto their like online service, it seems like Nintendo is just remastering GameCube games, which mm-hmm. they announced two of them in this, which one of them was Metroid Prime, which seems pretty fucking sick. Um, S- fucking sick drop, too. Yeah, sick drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great that they're they're doing that and bringing these games back, even if they are still charging $40 for them. Um But at the same time, I'm like, well, would they rather just keep remastering these old games rather than put them on a a subscription service where you can just play whatever you want whenever you want um i don't know it's weird but I'm, I'm happy that if we can access any of the fucking nintendo library that'd be wonderful because the wii had everything <laughs> every, every, any game ever made was available on the wii um it's but true. since then it's been it's been nothing and i wonder like okay now we're shutting down the the 3ds eShop, but those games aren't going to translate to switch because of the two screens like the touchpad yeah. or whatever like Switch has touch controls, but that seems like be a fucking nightmare to try and like. But I, I always thought they that. could do. It would be really, really, a really, really dumb thing. But you could do. Uh, I don't actually know if any games do this. Um, the Wii U did this for one game, but actually use the two screens like uh-huh. as a, as a DS emulator. So like the stuff that's on the bottom of the screen, put it on the Switch screen, and then the stuff that's at the top on the top of the DS, put it on the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then you could do your, all your touch screens like you could play like phantom hourglass that way if you just d- yeah, want to hate yeah, yourself yeah. while playing it <laughs> phantom hourglass <laughs> um but i don't think i don't think i don't know i don't think switch will work that way like if you're connected if you're in handheld mode you're just you're so well you're in handheld mode like you're, there's no yeah. connected to the tv like the, like it was with the wii u so that wouldn't Consid- work yeah especially there's a uh, whole version of the switch that doesn't connect to the tv so it's the like, completely like what are you talking about for like there's the um, the Switch Lite. The Jess has a Switch Lite, which doesn't connect to a TV. It's just a handheld device. The Switch Lite doesn't. It just doesn't connect to the TV. Yeah, no, it's just a handheld. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? That's why. Yeah, I don't know. It's cheaper. But yeah, it's just exclusively uh, a handheld, which you would think you could just buy a Switch. Light, quote unquote, switch light that just didn't come with the dock, right? So it's yeah. like you're buying a cheaper thing, and then if you want to upgrade, you can upgrade. That's but so yeah, no, so it doesn't stupid. come with a dock. If you get um, what's it called, Joy-Con drift or whatever, uh-huh. you have to send in the whole fucking machine because you can't uh, unattach Joy-Cons. It's just a, it's just a handheld device. It's basically just like a Vita. It's a big Vita. That's so weird. I did not. I yeah. guess I just missed that. Like I, because they they released like is the. Switch Lite, the one with the OLED screen, or is that the, is that the, is that yet a different no, that's model? A, that's a that's the Switch that's, OLED one. That's the I one keep that telling my sister, I'm like, hey, does um, like, do you guys want this the old, old Switch? Switch? Like, my nephew is like two, so he's mm-hmm, not ready for mm-hmm. a Nintendo Switch. But I'm like, I'm using that as my excuse. Oh, I'll give it to him, and then I'll buy myself the OLED one. But um, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Did I tell you my sister told me uh, that 
her son, my nephew, uh, is 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 growing up jock. Like he's he's super popular and Tough he's to like hear, but yeah. He, yeah he's he's all like sporting <laughs> events and because she was like she was like he made me go to a high school football game and I'm like what I'm like he's in like second grade or something like I don't know how old he is at all uh, but he's like you know he's 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 a youngin it's like oh yeah yeah she made, he made me go to a like and when they got there all of his friends were like hey and so he ran off and she was like I was just standing there around like all of these moms that did do, do, do not know me I don't know them I don't want to know them so I just like drank my juice and listened to my murderer podcast like she's yeah. just she's totally out of her element with this kid i feel kind of bad for her if dude if i mean i i don't doubt that uh my nephew's parents uh, aka my sister and brother-in-law <laughs> i don't i don't doubt that they, they'd be handled a jock just fine but as an uncle i wouldn't know what to do i'd be worried he's gonna bully me you know what i mean so, yeah absolutely uh, you know, and I, I didn't i was never bullied by people re- like jocks really when i was a kid but i just feel like i'm vulnerable as an adult like as an adult who just just today is talking about oh which Pokemon game should I play on my 3ds? I just I'm vulnerable, you know what I mean? Like this that's a weakness. Like that's the you know I could be taken down through that avenue by a, a barb tongued teen, you know. So I gotta be careful. I just gotta watch myself, and I just gotta hope he grows up to be a gamer. There's a there's a Hannibal Buress bit that he does in his stand up where he talks about his uh he has like a little teenage cousin that makes fun of his comedy because he says we watched you on youtube and you weren't none of your jokes were funny and he he said the only thing that he could think of to work uh against a teenage boy was to uh imply that he was he has ever masturbated because that's the only thing that teenage boys can't stand so he's like what's what's up with you you've been you've been jerking off he's like i've been jerking off hannibal <laughs> i guess it just gets him really really mad uh, i love that bit a whole lot <clears throat> that's that's great that's yeah I don't glad I uh well I don't have to deal with this yet. Hopefully um anyway. If he's not a gamer, he's dead to me. If he's not a gamer, he's now. dead. I, I, I don't blame you. Um I have I have some Merlin stuff to talk about. But Merlin I don't know. D- yeah, like somebody added us some stuff on Tumblr. Um well, we have a lot of asks in our Tumblr thing. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, somebody sent us a haiku about Sam Winchester. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Sam Winchester is a whole new level of freak. Gone dark side, even. Thank you, Anonymous, that's, for the, for that Sam Winchester. Thanks, thanks Anon. Um, I didn't know... Wow, this person has... We helped them through... Uh, big scary change in their life they, they moved oh. to a new city and that we've been helping them out with there i didn't know that i don't, I don't look in this That's little ask box they can, they can picture uh us you know in the same rooms that we started this podcast yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still on. here uh i'm disappointed you that you don't have merch with john winchester's most famous and inspiring quote never leave a milkshake unshook <laughs> That sounds like a you quote. That sounds like a you quote. It does sound like a quote. Um, somebody wants us to cover Teen Wolf, uh, which that's probably not going to happen. Somebody it's probably not the first time somebody said that. Back when we started, I, I joked, "Oh, let's do uh, let's do Vampire Diaries." Yeah, I've seen two seasons of that mm-hmm. back when it was on, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. But now I don't know if that would even be funny. <laughs> I just think it would be unfun. Okay, here's here's what I wanted to mention. I don't know if you want to know. Um, do you want to do this in the podcast or in the outtakes? Uh, whatever. You, what do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it here. We'll we'll do we'll okay. do some Merlin talk. So this is from um friend of the show, assorted puzzle pieces. Okay. Um, they are also on the Discord, I believe, or at were at one time. I can't keep up with anybody. I'm commissioning somebody to do some art for me, and I know them from the server. Like that's the, the only reason I follow them on Twitter is because they. <laughs> it's the best way to get me to follow you on Twitter is to pay me <laughs> to listen to, yeah. but <laughs> sign up for my Patreon and have somewhere in there that you're an artist, and I'll look at your Twitter and I was like, oh, she has, she, 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 she's a good artist. Blah, blah blah. Anyway, um, da 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 da. Assorted puzzle pieces says, okay, 
So in BBC's Merlin, we know that Gaius and Merlin used to eat crappy food, right? Like that was a whole bit. Then we saw Gaius constantly tease Merlin about food, pretending he wouldn't share his ham or hiding his plate. Then we start seeing Merlin cook for the knights all the time. And yeah, they make similar jokes and it's very funny, but have we ever considered that Merlin taught himself to cook because he was so sick of eating whatever (laughs) gross shit Gaius kept trying to give him or he was sick of having his food stolen? I'm just obsessed with the idea that Merlin was like, I'm tired of always being hungry and having to steal the good stuff from Arthur and just taught himself how to cook. And now the knights are just like, Merlin knows how to cook and therefore that automatically becomes Merlin is everybody's cook with no hesitation or consideration of a how he knows this which is hilarious because you know Gaius can't cook so where did Merlin even learn how to do this where does he get the ingredients <laughs> I, that's asks a lot of questions but in many ways it answers a lot of questions I think yeah he did teach himself how to cook either he's using magic uh-huh. he's hung around the kitchens enough maybe he was stealing food so much that the the head cook is out, who's always yelling at everybody in there was like alright kid if you're going to be in here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you to work I'm going to teach you how to cook and maybe you know he learned from the best in the Camelot kitchens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just he's got that kind of rise and grind mindset, and a lot of people don't give him credit for that. We do. <laughs> we do know he has a little feud going with the head chef too. Remember, yeah, yeah. he he steals yeah, food from he there. He's like putting her out of work. They had like a cooking competition, and everybody voted for Merlin. The great ca- in the, the off season. The great Camelot like Bake Off is what I'm thinking you're yeah, proposing to me right now. The great, and I'm, the great <laughs> Camelot Bake Off. I think that I am so here for three this. And four, a lot happened. And I think the Great Camelot Bake Off was one of those things. And that's why all the knights are so eager for it. Because they're like, oh, we're putting this guy to work then. Like, look what he can do. Maybe he did use a little magic to win. Maybe he he did it by his own blood, sweat, and tears. I don't know. But I think that that did create a bit of a feud between him and the and the chef. What? Let's. So I think a typical Bake Off season is 12 contestants, right? That feels right. 12, maybe? It might be even more than that. No. Could be, could be it's more. it's 10 episodes and it's three at the end, so do that math. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not gonna. <laughs> um, so let's just, let's just cast this yeah, real it's quick. 12. It's 12. It's 12. So let's, like, we've got Arthur, Gwyn, Merlin, of course, goes without mm-hmm. saying. Gaius, wild card that he is. Yep. Gwyn, that's five. Okay. Um, Percival, Let's bring Lancelot back to life. Yep. Morgana is, a, is yep. the dark horse. Dark horse. She's wearing like a scarf so nobody knows it's her. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly in the curtains. Brought the yeah. curtain from home. We need we need four more contestants if I'm doing my math right. Remember the like the goth woman that they had on Bake Off who like only ever made like spider cakes? Uh, like spider shit. cakes, that's yes. What, that's Morgana. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgana's gonna put on some like real flashy glasses and like make an anime yep. cake. And every cake is like a knife sticking into the king's heart with blood everywhere. And everyone's like, no, that's creative. That seems great. Uh, So that's that's most of them. But I think we get the rest of the knights we can fill in. I don't think we need. Yeah, throw all the knights in there. Yeah. Throw all the knights in. Um, I really would like to see, uh, I think it would be a real madcap episode if we could include uh, Dragoon in there as well. (laughs) I think we got to get, we have to have both of them somehow. I think that would be really great. uh, Because just watching Berlin try to manage that with not anybody see would be great. (laughs) He accidentally ended enters into the competition twice he has to fulfill the role. <laughs> but who who do you think would get along the least with and let's just this is classic we'll do we'll do classic bake-off stuff so we'll say it's paul hollywood we'll say it's prue we'll say it's um matt the guy that you hate and then um why am i forgetting the other guy's name the tall goofy Noel? dude no thank you um who do you think would get along the least with paul hollywood huh i you know hmm <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> I think like it, who's hmm. 
I think it would be Arthur. Yeah. Uh, mainly because like I think Paul would be like so he's such a he's such a like a details oriented person and i think arthur would be just proud of himself if he produced anything edible uh-huh. and he would <laughs> and hearing anything negative about that would really really irritate arthur a lot uh-huh. and he's used to his kingly ways right so i think so yeah they butt heads a little bit and i was gonna say merlin because merlin has no problem like giving attitude to authority um but i feel like him and him and paul might have kind of like a fun back and forth <laughs> with that after they got to know each other a little bit but you know they would probably play or play around with each other a little bit because merlin he's just like a cheeky guy and as we learned he's good at what he's doing yeah he's just real good at what he's doing <laughs> who do you think's earning the first handshake i don't think it's merlin i don't uh, think it's no, merlin. no 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 th- no 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 let's see out of everybody it's th- a dark horse like leon like he just oh, he whips wow. up like a mean sponge cake absolutely absolutely i think i think it's it's his grandma's recipe it's the one thing that he knows Mm. how to do it's in week two you know everybody's still trying out Mm -hmm. he earns that handshake and it kind of blows everybody out of the water but then by week five he's gone he's gone he can't he doesn't have enough grandma doesn't have enough recipes to keep him in the competition (laughs) (laughs) he can't do it i think morgana uh would be the first person in bake-off history to literally kill somebody i think she would i I think think so too i I think that she would um i think she would murder matt I think she would just. I think she'd be yeah. like, "Please get this weird, yeah. weird man away from yeah. me. I do not want him." Noel would flirt with her the whole time, and then she'd murder. <laughs> I think Noel would. I think Noel would flirt with everybody. I think him. Well, that's I think what he does. That is what he does. Him and him and Gwen uh, together would be an, oh. inspiring. Absolutely that, inspiring. Yeah. That's, that would be. That's the buddy comedy movie that I want to see. <laughs> this is exciting. Gwen from the TV show Merlin <laughs> and, Noel and just fielding as, as himself. <laughs> This is better yeah. than the episode of Merlin we're about to talk about right yeah. now. Like this yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. This is so good. This is, somebody write this fanfic. There's a lot of talented people who listen to this podcast. Write the fanfic. Write the fanfic for us so I don't have to. With with yeah. knowledge that Merlin is victorious. Write the fanfic and if it's good enough, I will I will pay somebody to make a comic out of it. <laughs> yeah. that, that sounds fun. Remember, both Merlin and Dragoon have entered in. They can never be they can never <laughs> be, be in the, the same, same scene at the same time because it's, there's some trickery. It's gonna be tough. Oh, just yeah. imagine like Arthur looking around and was like, I guess he went to the tavern. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's always like, oh, wait, what? And then, oh, Dragoon's back from the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. This is good. Thank you, Assorted Puzzle Pieces, for inspiring. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This makes me think that we were wrong and we should have people write in all the time. But this is just an especially good one, so I wanted to I yeah. wanted, to, wanted yeah. to read it. Yeah, I like prompts. I like thought exercises. Mm-hmm. That's what this is, a thought exercise. I also, uh, I was trying to get, um, I was trying to start, like, posting more on Tumblr. Did I, did I send you the thing that I that I, I put up with about the um, cast trying to se- trying to get send sex to Dean? I don't think so. <laughs> I tried to create a new Tumblr the other day and it was really difficult. I couldn't just pick local bones, so I just thought I don't I can't think of another name right now. I'm not gonna. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do so it anymore. Yeah. I'll take submissions for great Tumblr names, but. Hit us up on Tumblr. Go to uh, Tumblr. We're a Monster of the Week podcast. I'm not going to create another one for this podcast. We're just always going to be Monster of the Week podcast on Tumblr. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I thought you might think the Tumblr joke is funny. <clears throat> Should we talk about Merlin? Hold for laughter. Hold, hold for laughter. Did it not come through yet? <laughs> oh, you got it. Yeah, there no. it is. I was loading. No, I was loading up Tumblr. <laughs> <clears throat> Cast trying to text Dean from a, from a rotary phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> this person just going, what? <laughs> are you looking at the notes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Notes were well, pretty good. Well, some people are young and they don't know that what rotary phones are. And it's, 
not their fault. I like um, the, the person with Sokka. If anybody can do it, it's Castiel. Yeah, that's a good if one. anyone can. Mm-hmm. Where, where there's a will, there's a way. Let's talk about my one. Let's do it. Berlin, Berlin. Merlin.